Hey guys, welcome back. This is Chris Bercher and this is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. And I am recording the introduction to my 150th episode post hoc. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. I just, uh, and this says so much about sort of where the where the where we are with this podcast right now. And and I want to encourage you to participate in whatever way you want to to connect to help this help people find this who are looking because I truly believe this is you know a piece of a bigger evolutionary um, uh, um, phenomenon that is happening. And I I, I patiently yet eagerly await. Uh, the discovery of how this fits into all of the things that are going on globally as of October 22nd, 2023. So in this 150th episode, again, I started off recording uh, episode 149, but I just felt this just spontaneous change in direction. And I realized a few minutes in that this was not the subject I intended to to cover in episode 149, which I did after this episode, but you probably saw last week. Uh, and I started talking more about the state of affairs uh, uh, to celebrate and acknowledge and mark 150 episodes in almost four years of of doing this project. Um, and it, it may sound silly to think that it's taken this long to <laughs> to get to a point of focus, but I, hey, I'll take it, you know. And I and I felt like the episode that you're about to listen to uh, was 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 organic and spontaneous. And sort of um, the the obvious um, recognition uh, of arriving at a point that are is completely dependent on the preceding 149 episodes. So integrative and synthetic in, in its finest form. So I appreciate the follows or the reviews and the comments. Those things make a big difference in getting this in front of people who are curious to to learn about what I have to say and to give me some feedback and just to participate in this global discourse. And, you know, I think this is happening everywhere I look. And granted, you know, there's that confirmation bias thing, right? I'm, I'm seeing the stuff that I want to see, especially when it comes to internet and, and the algorithms, right? Uh, but it seems to me there is a movement and I, and I hear this, I not just see it, but I hear other people talking about this, that people are kind of fed up with the status quo globally, um, the success of the United States is sort of being second-guessed, and, and we're all sort of wondering where, what our values are and, and why we have chosen power and money over peace and tranquility or connection with nature. And part of what I do on this show is look back, right, 200, 300,000 years. And yes, of course, for 95-plus percent of that, we have absolutely no record, but we can speculate and think about how we got here and what's happened in the last... 500 to 5,000 years to sort of shift that dramatically. Really, climate change is the perfect metaphor for what's happening right now, where with climate change, you know, we know change happens. If there's, there's only one real sure thing in life, and that is everything will change. And that's just because of the way the, the physical, non-biological world is. It's constantly changing. And so through evolutionary time, Things have changed, but fairly gradual. And every once in a while, sort of a punctuated equilibrium moment will happen, like the discovery of fire or something significant that's, that, that helps humans evolve at a higher rate during those periods of time. But for the most part, it's a very slow process, right? But if you look at the last 500 to 5,000 years, all kinds of stuff was going on to make the, that rate of change exceptional, right? And that's what I'm talking about. Some of those things were good. 
We no longer die as frequently in childbirth, or uh, and we tend to live longer, and we have uh, healthier lives, and we have fewer diseases, and all those things are great, and that's a result of medicine and science, and really probably a lot of indigenous knowledge. Those things are good, but a lot of bad things have happened. You know, we exploited fossil fuels and increased the rate which we did that, that, at which we do everything, and that creates the rate uh, also uh, increases the rate of. Uh, destruction. We have things like pollution and climate change and overheating and, you know, all, all uh, geez, individually, we had things like anxiety and depression and suicide and divorce and all of these things have been exacerbated right along with these huge technological advances. And so this is kind of a, an interesting shift, right? This is a point in human evolution where arguably things have changed a lot very fast. And I, and I guess that, that's a fact. That's not really arguable. And arguably, this is not necessarily a good thing. And so what I want to do with this channel is sort of, is, is sort of mark that in human history. Ask you if you agree that things have started to change, maybe potentially for a, in a negative direction, and then wonder about how and why it happened. I always ask myself, like, what happened Presumably, you know, humans evolved up to a point 20,000 years ago, and we were doing pretty good. I mean, we wouldn't have, you know, people painted as we were savages, and we died all the time, and life was miserable, and we spent our time searching for food. But I mean, so that happened for 200,000 years? You know, I just don't buy it. I'm taking a different lens here and looking back and saying, you know, perhaps we lived for that 200,000-year period after the break off uh, uh, and then sort of initial success of Homo sapiens, uh, up until again, like you know, several hundred thousand years, sure, we were evolving, a lot of things were happening, but for the most part, the individuals and groups that we saw 40,000 years ago, you know, were well fit in that environment and had, you know, persisted, I don't want to say, peacefully but successfully right now i would say in our in our time today there there seems to be one overcrowding this could all be an artifact of sort of there's just too many damn people on the planet uh, up in each other's business the village has become too large uh, I, I, but, but but there are lots of negative things to observe in the world from on an individual basis like i said before anxiety depression suicide like what are we doing <laughs> You know, people are not satisfied. They're not happy. They are suffering. And sure, we know that suffering has persisted. And certainly prior to Buddhism, you know, prior to 5,000 years ago, people still struggled. Now, whether it was this picture of, you know, terrible, destitute, uh, you know, the, the inability to cope with our lives, I just refuse to believe that. But we still were suffering. And I think that rate has just increased dramatically in the last, uh, well, parallel with the industrial revolution and 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 maybe the 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 whatever else happened for example you know i think that religion served a beautiful purpose perhaps for uh, perhaps for 50 100,000 years you know belief systems and explanations about the natural world probably brought us together brought us peace made us you know, more easily navigate our lives and our days, you know, and, and probably had a profound effect on advancing our, not advancing is sort of a judgment, but, but, but in perpetuating our human growth and our evolution, right? I mean, it, 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 religion represents this 
the development of our mind in complex societal interactions uh, that affected and were affected by things like parental care and cooperation that certainly must have been considered fit in a Darwinian sense and selected for by natural selection. And hence, they remain, right? And there's the, the central argument that we can observe these things as a part of being fit and selected for uh, and thus conclude that they are good. <laughs> and what, what's happened, I think, in the, in the last, again, 500 to 5,000 years is that we have artificially, and that, maybe it's natural, influenced the pressures, the selection pressures, right? So prior to, you know, maybe 20,000 years ago, natural selection was probably largely environmental. You know, did humans, you know, were humans fit in the context of the planetary conditions of the time, including the biotic, the other biota um, diseases, and the, the, the sort of abiotic environment, the geology, the climate, the weather, the, the water cycle, and all of these things. As, as those abiotic things changed, we changed along with them. And what was different is the evolution of our nervous system. I think I would argue that you know, the magic of the last couple hundred thousand years is the development of the human mind. And while I don't consider it to be the pinnacle of, <laughs> you know, selection, evolutionary success by any means, it is a complex and sophisticated system that has allowed us to sort of, I don't want to say focus on, but I think evolution in a human context over the last couple hundred thousand years has probably occurred largely in the cerebral the area of the mind and the interactions with our species and other species just started advancing rapidly. So as an alternate explanation, we could argue that the rate of that evolution was dramatic and focused uh, on our, on our brains or our minds or our psyche or whatever you want to call it. And thus that created this acceleration, you know, this non-gradual 500 to 5,000 year period in human evolutionary history because our brains were, were evolving so fast. And they were probably evolving faster than we could adjust, right? And here, herein lies the, the, a central tenet of my argument that we didn't make, as that process was happening, as successive generations of humans were interacting with their environments and making decisions given their newfound hardware and capacity to do so, we, we didn't always make the best decisions, right? But along with this cerebral capacity, we also gained the ability to influence the very evolution that was occurring, right? By making technological decisions about how we were going to evolve, right? We were going to uh, uh, sort ourselves out into hierarchies of value, like a caste system, right? We were going to sort of impose governmental norms and rules, you know, and, and, and those very, you know, the, the modifications that we made to our coexistence became selection pressures, right? And, and probably that happened in the past as well. But I think that's where we can mark the last 500 to 5,000 years as being the age of, you know, human influence on evolutionary processes. And at the very least, whether or not we think that happened, I think the decisions that we made were at least more cerebral and intellectual than in, in the past. You know, an artifact of the last 5,000 years of evolution is our capacity to make mental decisions about our, our evolutionary path, 
right? Would we do this? Would we choose to invade countries uh, under the conditions of violence and rob and steal? Would we choose to possess parts of the earth, you know, to, to incorporate or, or create and facilitate this hierarchical system, you know, or, or would we choose to maintain some elements of our indigenous ancestry that maybe didn't agree with that, right? So we, we made some fundamental decisions about you know, social structure at the very least, would we choose to remove fossil fuels from the earth in order to increase the rate at which uh, we could uh, proceed through evolutionary time, you know, or advance, if you want to add a judgment call? Would we do that, right? Or do we want to stop and think about how might that affect things and consult our ancestry, et cetera, et cetera? I think the error in, uh, during this time period was simply that... Um, we thought we knew better. And see my episode uh, about Mother Nature, you know, nature knows best. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. We uh, mistook our new intellectual capacity for um, uh, as being better than, right? As, as meaning more than it did, <laughs> right? It's almost like the Spider-Man quote, you know, who, wherever it came from, with great power comes with great responsibility. We, we were just too dumb. It's so funny. It's like we were just given tools that we couldn't wield. And, and probably this happened periodically through time. I don't know. Maybe during, you know, the, the first, after the Stone Age when metal was discovered, maybe those people, you know, didn't appreciate the technological advance that was metal and then and, and made some poor decisions. How is that not hard to believe? Now, ordinarily, these poor decisions, like maybe with uh, allowing the, the internet to you know, be, be unregulated, I don't know. But maybe some of these decisions actually created worse conditions than, 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 than preceded them. Maybe we were blinded by you know, the ability to do work that was facilitated by burning fossil fuels versus the struggle <laughs> of using a horse to plow your field, right? I mean, all we could see were the benefits. You know, it's almost like we missed a lesson. And I, and, and, I, and I don't know that I could say we knew that lesson in the past, but I like to think we probably did know those lessons from the past that we really had to carefully consider, dare I quote my father, the consequences of our actions. Is exploiting fossil fuels for our financial gain uh, and technological gains worth it? You know, might this cause some some consequences that we're not considering? Might we pause? And, and I just, I, it's hard for me to believe that under conditions of having a closer relationship with our co-humans, our conspecies, and and other species, and our planet. You know, just having a more intimate relationship with the day and night cycles, the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun and the weather conditions and rain and cold, the more or the less we interacted with those conditions and the more we created an artificial environment of temperature regulation and air conditioning and, and, and walls and, and just being separate, all of the different things that combined to help us believe that we were separate from all from ecology that's that's the line of thing, of reasoning that helped us sort of forget right we it's like we 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 shunned the most helpful advisor that we could and that is the very environment and within which we live and the very people 
with whom we cooperate. The less we did that, the more we sort of forgot uh, to consider all of those things, right? It's like our value system just shifted. I think, you know, I often talk about how for some reason we value money and power and these social hierarchies more than a lot of other things. Like I don't understand why the love of a family of a of family and really all other humans like why that doesn't motivate us like it used to right it seems like we used to be motivated by you know uh, gosh I, I, this sounds so hippy dippy woo woo but like m- more meaningful emotion emotional results like i think we just used to invest ourselves more in comfort, in a, an emotional comfort. Uh, and probably this has to do with sort of the lack of potentially physical comfort that we might have had because we didn't have things like houses and temperature regulation <laughs> for most of our human uh, evolution, right? And I think, again, along with that evolution of our minds, you know, I think the, the, the point of that or the selection pressure for that was to enhance these connective, cooperative, loving type emotions to strengthen human relationships. You know, I think that was the feature or the trait that was being selected for by the environment. It's almost like, you know, the environment was telling us that our emotional capacity and intelligence was developing to help us be better fit in our environment and to help the species that we had become in our evolutionary history from the first single-celled organisms up to uh, Homo sapiens, to help us become the most fit and the most, uh, the most helpful, again, as part of the whole system. Why would, why would the system, the biosphere, natural selection, not choose stewards of itself. <laughs> you know, it's like I said in another episode about the meaning of life. You know, DNA wants wants to perpetuate itself. And to me, it makes perfect sense that the very species, the very biotic organisms living inside of that system could be mechanisms of perpetuating and facilitating that very health. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, life wants to continue and change through time. I mean, that, that's, that's it. That's as far as philosophy needs to go <laughs> uh, in, a certain, in a certain context. Uh, and so why would that not happen? And simultaneously, again, with the problem that I can't get away from, from the last 500 to 5,000 years or so, or maybe longer, I don't know, we've been making some bad decisions. It's almost like we see these red flags, you know, water pollution, red flag, air pollution, red flag, you know, something's not working. Uh, all these individual human, um, mechanisms of suffering, like anxiety and depression, red flags, right? It isn't working. And so what happens when things aren't working? It's, and, and, and again, I think when life was slower, and our and our minds weren't quite as complex, it was easier to make these sort of decisions because there were just fewer, you know, synapses firing at any given time. And so we remembered one of the handful of tenets, which was just sort of to sort of like to, to stop and think when, when we could, you know, and much of our lives were probably like fight or flight or freeze, but certainly there were times when that wasn't true. And, and, you know, that was all part of this evolution, right? Probably for a really long time. 
even Homo sapiens were just 100% reactive throughout the course of their day in order to survive. But, but once we, we gained some sort of luxury, you know, in the moments where we had enough to eat and we had shelter and the weather was cooperative, you know, our brains started to consider options. And, and, the, and, and for some reason, in the presence of things like te- well, technological advancements or punctuated equilibrium, like the, the discovery of fossil fuels, um, and perhaps the discovery of the internet and, and, and microchips and you know some of the other happenings or occurrences along that way, perhaps that happened just so fast we didn't have time to consider the consequences. Um, or we didn't. But, now, but, but it's not too late. And I guess that's my point in doing this whole thing with the knowledge plus experience equals wisdom is to weigh in on all of the things where we could have made a different decision. Or to look at where we are and to sort of question how we got here and whether or not those decisions were worth it. You know, was it worth it to blow 90% of the Earth's fossil fuel reserves in like a hundred year period for what we have now to show for it? Or could we have done it a different way? You know, are our systems working? You know, it's really this simple. I think... Evolutionarily speaking, organisms sort of considered their choices, you know, organisms that were nervously, intellectually derived enough to have the capacity to do that and not just be reactive, primates, some dolphins probably, perhaps some mollusks like octopi. We don't know. Many animals may have this capacity to choose how they react you know but we we decided to support other evolutionary elements like the capacity for our brain to get a lot of work done really fast or do all these calculations and math and technology and all these things we we put all our eggs in those baskets instead of putting our eggs in the basket of sort of understanding how to make the best decisions in an evolutionary context it's like we just forgot we were evolving we shortened time down to this, this, this minuscule period of my individual life rather than to look at it in the context. I'm not sure. It's a combination of all of these things, and that's what I do on this channel. And sort of acknowledge this episode. Um, I was 150 episodes in, plus I don't know, 30-some different interviews. It feels like a direction. It feels like a solidification. It feels like um, you know a, a, a third or fourth round of edits <laughs> on the rough draft that, that where the thesis is becoming clearer to me and hopefully to everyone that participates in this. And I, I want to again encourage you to do that. Reach out, connect, you know, and 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 we'll eventually be plugged into the bigger part of the evolutionary machine uh, where we fit. And, and, I, and I hope you're enjoying the journey of discovery that is knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Thank you for your attention. Take it easy.